Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. T minus 37 seconds. Fight with growing e equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. Ignition sequence. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. And welcome to Finding Your Frequency. I am Jeff Spinard. I'm your host. I'm the CEO and president of World Talk Radio, home to the Voice America Talk Radio and TV networks. Joining me, my special co-host, TV program director, Mr. John Missile. John, back on the show. Always fun to be here, Jeff. Always fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, we're coming off uh, a little technical difficulties from last week. Uh, we had a, uh, a flood that came pouring through the engineer room, and we had to pull all of the equipment out. It was a, it was a nightmare. Oh, it was, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Our hallway lined with... Uh, Mixing boards and computers, yep. and uh, yep. But uh, but the staff did a great job getting it back together. Let me tell you something. I get a call at like five thirty at home saying, "Listen, you got to get to the office. None of us are close enough to assess the damage and see what's going on over there because everybody was freaking out." So when I got here, there were seven get seven people here. Uh, my network director with her shoes off, you know, running around barefoot, and a bunch of other uh, people, and they're pulling. All the equipment out of the, the room because it just flooded out. So great job. Kudos for them even being here uh, at that hour. Normally, we're pretty much empty. Uh, but, you know, great, great job. Uh, by Saturday, uh, you know, we were back up and running, uh, pieced uh, a couple of things together. But for the most part, we are at 99.9% uh, healed. So great job to the Voice America crew. And that one Band-Aid for the other 1% when we get there. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, I'll give, uh, I'll give uh, kudos to Ryan, my co-host, who is not with us today. Uh, he did, of course, you know, ma uh, project manage the whole process of getting us back together. And, of course, hands-on. And a special thanks to Aaron, too, who spent all day, you know, with uh, the air guns and pulling all equipment apart. Uh, it was just a uh, collaborated effort that we got back and healthy real quick. So, awesome. And, and a small thank you to living in Arizona with the sun gods helping us dry out. Uh. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The sun gods who also bring the monsoons. All right. Well, last week uh, or the last show, uh, we had Mr. Evan Disney on uh, and Kaya Redford. Evan was the magician, which, John, I know you have a special love for magic. Always, always. Spent a lot of years doing that myself and still play around a little bit. Uh, it's always great to have those, those kind of people on Absolutely. the show. They, they're just, in, and especially, they're so talented nowadays. Yeah. And, you know, he's got a, it's a great story. Uh, he came out from, I don't know, it was Kentucky or one of those uh, states uh, mid-somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but he moved to L.A. so that he could pursue his magic career and, you know, turn that into something where now he's in the speaking circuit as well. So he's using his magic and using it as 
uh, doing something good for humanity. So, you know, God bless uh, Evan Disney and uh, wish him much success. Kaya Redford uh, was our other guest who is a serial entrepreneur, uh, and he's also on the speaking circuit, uh, helping people with business, just, you know, how to build, how to promote, how to create, uh, and adding to business. So, you know, a lot of good. If if you guys missed the show uh, last week, not last Friday, the Friday before that, go to uh, Finding Your Frequency host page, go to Finding Your Frequency net, you can... Fine. You can listen to any show we've ever done. So, uh, but Kaya was a great uh, interview as well. Oh yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's quite a difference in my mind about serial entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and regular entrepreneurs. And when when I say that, somebody that's an entrepreneur and they keep in one business only, right, right. a serial entrepreneur that has so much energy. You know what they say: if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Whereas somebody mm-hmm. juggling five, six different projects at the same time and making them all successful. It's yep. Awesome. Yep. Yep. So kudos to uh, to Kaya. And that will uh, lead me into a new product, okay? This is something that I am getting involved with, so you guys can see this. Uh, This is the Hilo. Uh, uh, It's a technology, yes, it's it's an accessory, an accessory that uh, tells you uh, your body temperature. It, uh, let me see, what do we got? We have breath rate, mood, energy, steps, uh, sleep, uh, it's got a, a guardian system, uh, remote uh, uh, monitoring, SOS function, uh, and there's a lot of plugins, and the technology is only getting better. There's two things that uh, will always always uh, enhance and, and be a success, which is technology and health. Okay, mm-hmm. and When you merge the two together, um, it's something that uh, you guys will learn much more about this. Uh, I just got this this yesterday. So once I have everything usable and learn more about the functionality, uh, we'll be bringing it to you. So uh, you know, pay attention for that uh, to come. John? Well, and I was just going to say the nice thing about it is when you combine uh, technology and you combine health, all you do is help humanity and make it even better. Absolutely. And give people longer life uh, lifespans. But yeah. why we're doing product placement things today, I'd like whoa, to whoa, do whoa, this. Whoa, 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 to slow down, slow down. Uh, <laughs> you know, as far as fut- the future of this, I mean, the, it's a great product, but the, the key and what I liked about it was not only the functionality, because I've got diabetes, I have to watch certain things on my own, but... Uh, you can get a family pack. Like for example, my mother is 68 years old. Uh, you know, it, if she, I got her one of these, and I got two more, one for both for both my brothers. Um, we can all be on the app and find out and look at how we all are doing. And nice. if if my mother falls down, or heck, if I fall down and nobody's around, I can hit my security button, and it will alert everybody in my circle. Nice. Yeah. So uh, that's, you know, moving forward. So, again, you'll learn more about this product as we go along. So, John, back to product placement. <laughs> now, wait a minute. you got to add one more thing about that. No, tell me. It's got it's comfortable to put on it. It's not a bulky, like, you oh, know, a $9,000 watch. It's beautiful. Okay. Now we'll go to my product placement. This is, this is for 
years and years and decades of drinking Coca-Cola. <laughs> okay, and I just wanted to shout out to Coca-Cola here. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah, for cause, cause rotting my needed, stomach out. They needed your plug. Yeah, I, I, they needed that from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for, without further ado, let's bring in our first guest who happens to be sitting with us, uh, Mr. Kevin Gassman. Kevin Gassman started off, uh, started off his extraordinary rise in broadcasting at ESPN 860 and KTAR. Mr. Gassman moved on to stations like News Talk 1010, Mornings on All Comedy Radio 1480, KWSS 93.9 FM, uh, FX 99.1 FM, Alternative Rock. Mr. Gassman has nearly two decades as a technical director, producer, show host, in the future of broadcasting as we know it. Oh, that's nice to everybody. Uh, hosted hockey shows, comedy sports shows, and morning shows. Mr. Gassman performs stand-up comedy and regularly performs on stage since 2008. You've probably seen him at venues like the Tempe Improv and Stand Up Live in downtown Phoenix. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Mr. Kevin Gassman. <sighs> <laughs> I want to meet him too, man. <laughs> he yeah, seems pretty cool. That's fantastic. You know? What's up? How you doing? Doing excellent. Uh, b- before we get started, John, I had no idea you did magic, but that does explain the ponytail. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Many years. He's got, got the look of a magician. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Can you disappear? <laughs> yes, right now. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, if you're gone, right. <laughs> All right. So uh, going, well, actually, you know what? First off, what I want to know, uh, Kevin, I've known you for a few years now. Uh, you've worked with the company for a few years. But let's go back in history a little bit. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about, you know, how you came into your your uh, radio career. And now we're talking about a radio show. We'll get into that after. But tell us about your, career, your journey. Yeah, right on. Um, well, I grew up in Southern California in Los Angeles area, Northridge to be exact. Became famous due to the earthquake in 94. <laughs> I missed it by a week, by the way. Did you? Nice, <laughs> I did. Nice. By one week, I missed it. And I just grew up listening to radio. It was just one of those things, you know, it was the early 80s and you're, even the late 70s. You know, there was, you know, you're, in LA, you're, you're dealing with the best of the best. Right. I mean, this is what you're, you have to, you're growing up with. So it was Frazier Smith, it was Mark and Brian in the morning, uh, you know, um, who's the, uh, Thomas, the guy that was in, he was a morning guy on Power, and I, uh, Power Radio there, he also did on Cheers, he's an actor as well, okay. uh, I forgot his name anyway, but uh, he was, he was uh, anyway, a famous actor, huh? he was Carla's <laughs> husband or something like that, yeah, I don't know, whatever, but anyway, he was a morning guy, big name, big, 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 you know, radio was a big thing back then. Sure. I think it's definitely lost a lot of its, you know, oomph lately, but that's another story. However, growing up there, you just listened to it, and that's what it was. But I didn't want to be on the radio, per se. Right. I just liked it. Every Sunday night, I listened to KLOS. It was Bob Coburn, BC. Mm-hmm. I believe he passed away a little uh, recently. And, you know, I just really dug his demeanor. You know, I really right. li- when I listened to it, it just wasn't really what he was talking about. It was how he was talking. Sure, it was just sure. re- really laid back. It was really cool. Took his time. And that left an impression on me. Sure. But then sure. on the other end, I'm listening to Dr. Demento every Sunday night, you know. <laughs> right, and that was right. a big, big influence on me. Sure. All that stuff was. So as I was growing up, you know, that was always in the back of my mind of listening to radio. And like, that would be kind of fun to do it. But never really thought about it. Right. I grew up going to, you know, learning golf. I had a best friend of mine 
who we just golfed like three or four times a week. Right. And I never would have thought that. Yeah, no, nobody really yeah, does. Um, he's he's actually a, a pro golfer. He's a, an assistant to the head pro at a few go- at a golf course out in, a, I think, New Orleans right now. He was in Chicago for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're assistant to the head pro at, the, at a private course. I mean, this guy has really made a name for himself sure. up there, which is great. Played in a PGA Tour. This is my friend. And we were going to go to college together. We were going to go to New Mexico State University. And we were going to learn professional golf management, the PGM nice. program. Only three schools offered that. One was in Michigan, one was in Mississippi, and then the one was in New Mexico. Right. Being from L.A., New Mexico was the obvious choice. So I made it out there. My friend didn't. And so I'm like, well, screw you. I'm going to go anyway. So I went out there oh, yeah. and took the courses for professional golf management. At that time, my handicap was right at an 8 to 10. It wasn't great. But, it was, yeah, it's better than the average bear for sure with room for improvement. Sure. So. I'm taking the courses, I'm doing this and that, and I'm realizing I don't have an analytical brain on me. I can't pass economics. I can't do accounting. Mm-hmm. Just for some reason, I couldn't do it. My dad's an accountant. I couldn't do it. Sure, sure. And that was part of the courses because a professional golf management means you're going to be running a pro shop, not just give lessons. Right. It doesn't mean you're automatically going to be playing every Sunday in the, on the PGA. Sure, absolutely In fact, not. it's the absolute opposite of that. Right. But it gives you an opportunity to play for that if you can make it. Absolutely. Like my friend made so I just said, you know, listen, this isn't really what I want to do, but there was a, a broadcast program on campus, which I was very fortunate just to transfer over into that. Because I, like, I like radio, let's do radio. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting a broadcast degree from New Mexico State University. My first gig wasn't radio. Uh-huh. It was a TV station in El Paso, and I was a photographer for the station. Okay. So I got to go run around the station or the city of uh, the lovely El Paso, Texas, <laughs> and with a camera over my shoulder, right. interviewing people. Um, I shot the news. I wrote the news. I edited the news. I was never on the news, but I did everything right, else you could do. You did all the, the heavy right. lifting. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I got to meet the governor who was Bush at the time. Right. They flew me out to Austin for a special thing. It was really kind of a neat job. So you weren't the pretty face behind the camera. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I was the pretty face behind the camera. It's not in front of it. Behind the camera, right? Right. It's just when you're in front of it, that's someone else's judgment exactly, if you're pretty right. or not. Um, yeah, I didn't like news. News was it was a horrible experience to the point of of what you had to cover, okay? Mm-hmm. You know how news works. Yeah. So, you know, I'm right out of college. I get this gig. I mean, I graduated in December. In January, I'm working in El Paso. And the action part of the job was fun. You know, hey, there's a breaking news. Got to go grab the van and drive over there, get some photo, do a live right. shot, whatever it is. That's exciting. That's, that's fun. But when you're going, you know, to, to a house of a lady who lost her son in a hit and run, yeah, and you got to go into their house, and you got to light it up with the cameras and mic checker and this and that, and and you hear this woman, this oh man, it's so so sad, you know what's yeah. going on, and then you know, and then the next story, five minutes later, you're at you know the the zoo with the children. I mean, it's really weird, that up and down and this forth, e- right, emotional roller coaster yeah. is what it is, and I never <laughs> dug that. I mean, the, the real quick, the the reason why I quit this job, there was a big storm, it was a flood, it happens every like twenty years. And this car, his mom and the son got swept away, and they died. And we had to do an on-site, like right by the area, the, yeah. the live shot, right? Right, right, right. Um, mud everywhere, rain. I mean, it was, just a, it was a hectic thing. You know, the video shoot went well. In fact, we all went to Applebee's right afterwards. Right, right. The video <laughs> show was great. But, well, but you know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, that's the yeah. dichotomy of news, you know? Exactly. It's like it's not, a, it's not 
forget the emotional stuff when you're watching news. It's not right. about that at all. It's not. A, it's you got to be there first. It's yeah. The, the job was well, well done. We know the back end of, of right. media, how it right. works, and you know most people don't realize no. what somebody has to go through to get the story. Right, right, and how much you can lose your yeah. job for not being there first. Yeah, that's very true. So right. real quick, so the story went well as aesthetics go. Right, um, right. Two people lost their life, but here we're at Applebee celebrating we had a great a, shot. A, right. Great shot. A right. great live. Um, you know, events, I guess you can say. We went out there, we did it well, everything went well. The broadcast was fantastic. I had to go cover it about a week later, the funeral. Okay, and I never done this oh. before. So they wanted to do a follow-up on the story. And the guy, the reporter was with me, he goes, all right, so... Um, did you ever get punched in the face? Did I? Yeah. Well, this is... Well, we're getting close to this one. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> because... Uh, um, so, I, I, so the guy, the reporter goes, all right, go in there and just get some shots. I'm like, right. Really? He's like, yeah, go in there and get some shots. I'm like, I mean, I'm green. I'm just started. This. Right, I'm like, right, right, right. Okay, um, okay. So I get in there and I get the camera and I'm kind of getting ready to set up and everything. And this guy comes up. He goes, "What are you doing in here? Yeah, get out of here." I mean, I can't tell you. I feel I'm getting feeling crappy right now just telling the yeah. saying that story. It was the worst feeling I ever felt as a human being to Awful. to to try Awful. to get that feeling or try to get that shot <laughs> in a funeral. Where you have no right to be. I mean, right. it really had no right to be at all. And to get it, I mean, I felt worse than, you know, less than gum on a shoe. I mean, it was really a, a crappy right. feeling. And that was what turned me off. And that was what really turned me off. And I said, you know what? Where are you? What, what, what time in your life was this? I was 24. 20, okay. I was getting probably 25 at the time. It was 2000. It was, 2000, it was uh, 1995. So this is av- okay. Now we're I've, after the broadcast. You're after the broadcast degree. You're yes, yeah, this, about six first, months after. Okay, yeah, right. that. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to keep the timeline on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Graduated in '94, December and January of '95. That's when it began. I lasted nine months. Right. right. <laughs> I stayed nine months before yep. I got the hell out of that place. I had to drive 45 miles each way to work anyway. I was not going to live in El Paso. That was not on my radar. Well, so, you know, where, where <laughs> you started in the business, it's like, okay, you've got the, you've got the film uh, Tragic Events. You've got the setup shop in, you know, at, at funerals. Yeah, but you also get fun stuff, too. I, no, yeah, absolutely. There's <laughs> the fun stuff, but there is that dichotomy right. that – it's, you know, I could see how that could blow your mind and yeah. turn you right off. Especially being that age, you yeah, know. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, the most important thing about the little micro tornado that hit the trailer park was that we weren't there first, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's just. <laughs> That's awful. Right. But did I ever get punched? No. I always, in fact, when I saw other reporters run for the story, I walked. Right. Okay. I just said, screw it. I'm not that kind of person. And I always hated tabloid. I always hated mm. the, the paparazzi style thing. Um, I'm. You know, I'm kind of anti-authoritarian to a certain degree when it comes to, you know, go cover that. And then I'd be like, why? (laughs) You you don't question your news director of what to cover. You just go cover it. Exactly. But I would question it because I'd be like, that's not newsworthy, (laughs) you know, or, but that's, news is a whole different beast. And I wish people would stay away from watching local news. All right. I'll just say it right now. This will be my personal feeling. It's it's, a lot of bad news. It's it's, it's a lot of bad news. And it's, then it's, you know, followed up by what a beautiful sunset here. And, you know, and then it's, you know, so it's a really bizarre, no wonder why you need Prozac to watch the news. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. I I really recommend people not watch it because All right, let's get into comedy. Okay. (laughs) Comedy. You're you're lighting this up a little. Right. Let's, Let's uh, do, uh, go totally 180. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy, man. You know, uh, Laugh Factory. Well, I mean, well, let's get uh, – basically, yeah, the comedy started a little bit later on because when I left 
in you know, Las Cruces area, New Mexico and El Paso, I moved to Phoenix and I was bartending and not getting into radio. And I finally jumped into uh, sports radio. Mm-hmm. So I did that first. So I did sports radio. Then I ended up moving on to a sports comedy show. So uh, the ESPN KTAR station was my hockey show. Okay. I did that for once a week with a Stanley Cup winner, Brent Severin from the Dallas Stars. Nice. He'd call up from Dallas at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night. I'd be here doing my show, and we'd talk hockey once a week. Hockey Night in Phoenix was the name of the show. Covered the Coyotes and have for 12 years. Nice. And I uh, moved on to doing a comedy sports show with a few comedians. So I started like, hanging out with the comics. We're talking about um, the hot dog eating contest, right? And you know, but this is at News Talk 1010, which down the hall is a AM heavy religious station. Okay, right. So right. I running everything. I'm in the in the control room. You know, like normally see radio. There's a guy in the studio and there's a guy in the control room. Yep. No, we did the show in the control room because I had to run everything. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this reverend was in the room across from us. He's holding his Bible high in the air, doing his thing. We can't hear him, but he's right, doing his right, thing. Right. You know what he's doing. And we're talking to a woman about how many hot dogs she can shove in her mouth. <laughs> that was pretty much. I, I'm getting flashes of the Howard Stern movie. Here. Yeah, okay. right. It was very bizarre. So, yeah. but that got me connected with the comedians and hanging out with them. And then for a little while, I started just, you know, I have material. I'm on the. I've been on the radio, sure. and when you do radio and you're very spontaneous, jokes will come out regardless. So, sure. if you remember them, if they're if they're stage worthy, is another story. You you can use that. So mm-hmm. I've would always help my friend tag their jokes. Sure. I always gave them great tags, too. You know, oh, you should do that, you should do that, you should do that. And then I come up with my own stuff. And this was back around 2004, 2005, when I'm at All Comedy Radio now. I'm doing mornings. I'm interviewing Richard Lewis. I'm interviewing uh, David Tell, uh, uh, Louis C.K. I mean, you name the biggest ones, the ones that are at the uh, Tempe Improv, sure. I interviewed them. And it was a wonderful year, and it was a wonderful uh, – People, the people, me, the comedians, get to know them, get to learn them a little sure. bit, was very influential for me because I never treated him as a comic. I treated him as a person who does comedy. Sure. And that's sure. important when you're dealing that, when you're doing it with radio, and they appreciate that too. Sure. They don't want to be put on, you know, like, like a monkey. You don't want right, to, you know, right. shine for me, monkey, you know, dance for me, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, Frank Caliendo was the only one who actually did that. <laughs> He's like, I love to do it. I love to do it. So, obviously, getting in front of a crowd is not something you're afraid of. Uh, well, oh, well, I was. Absolutely, okay, man. Right. Absolutely. Because in 2000. Yeah, because in 2008, after doing all comedy radio and doing my own show for a couple of years, I finally got the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I, five minutes, I wrote my, my, uh, my stuff down. I got up on stage. I didn't even like hear any laughter. I didn't hear any clapping. I heard nothing. Silence, I just right. because I was so focused on saying my five minutes. You know, it was I didn't care about anything else. You right, know, I wasn't. Right. In the, I was not in the moment. You just get up there and do it. And another thing, when you go from radio to stage, radio, you're behind the mic. No one sees you. It's great. You know, you could be in your underwear. It doesn't matter. When you're on stage, you know, people look at you. They're sure. waiting for you to be funny. So that took a while for me to accept right, right. on stage to get used to that up. stare. Yeah. And, and, and then so, I mean, from 2008 to about 2014 maybe, even 15, I would say, it was still uncomfortable for me to be on stage. Well, I, I can imagine you're constantly learning. It's, you know, yeah, absolutely. new experiences. Right. You know, you get advice from, you know, I'd imagine you've met many uh, comedians. Uh, so, I mean, getting different vi- advice from Guys that have been through more and have, you know, well, you know, the time in the business. Yeah, well, you ask them during the, their questioning. That's how I kind of get my advice. Right. You know, I always kind of, you know, try to peel a different onion layer that hasn't been peeled. Sure. C- considering I've been on stage, I have that experience now. I can ask them from from where I'm coming from. Um, I had one comic actually tell me 
uh, give me some advice though, outside of the radio. This was um, uh, Dennis. Um, uh, what's it? He's got his brother. God, oh, all right. Anyway, his, his Miller Regan, Dennis oh, Regan. Regan. You, do you know uh, Brian Regan? I'm sure you're familiar with that very famous comedian. It's his brother. Uh, no, I know the name. Who who writes for King of Queens? Oh, okay, yeah, and, yes, yes. and a few other comedians. A very you know well well known writer. Sure. So I had him on my show, and I couldn't find any information. This is 2005. You know, I didn't. I just couldn't find anything on him. Right. And so I'm like, I was lost in the interview, and I told him, Hey, can you just tell a joke? And it just didn't. It didn't fly well. It died right away. Right. <laughs> and I got nervous. I'm, what do I do? What do I do? So, <laughs> so he could, so I get a call later on that day. And mind you, I'm doing a morning show on All Comedy Radio. I get a phone call on 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Hey, Kevin, this is uh, Dennis Regan. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, hey, listen, you know, I, you seem like a really cool guy, a really nice guy, but I just want to just throw some advice to you just so you know, just down the road. Um, you should really never ask a comedian to tell a joke for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> but, I mean, I thought it was really interesting that he would do that. You know, I thought that was yeah. very fascinating that he, I mean, he took the time because I guess apparently he, like, had a good time with me. Sure. He enjoyed my company sure, enough right. to do that. Which, which means a lot. I mean, I, I, I take that as a very big lesson. For sure. As well as a compliment as well. You know, well, the, sure. nice, the nice thing, too, is here's a veteran that's yeah. will, willing to help somebody that's newer in the industry. Right, because all comedy radio, the morning gig I was doing was pretty much my first Monday through Friday gig. I mean, it was my first, you know, real AM, you know, morning right. job show, I mean, 6 to 10. I mean, that's, it was real. It was legit. I mean, sure. And since we, we both have been on stage a lot through our different careers, do you still find to this day, I ask everybody this, when you walk out there on stage, you have a little butterflies? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But, you know. I, I think that's good. Yeah. That's why I asked that. Because you, to me, if you don't have them, you've lost some of your uh, passion for what you're doing. You yeah, know? of course. Because then it's this everyday thing now. It's just, uh, well, I was going to go up on it. I, I get up on stage. I get the little butterflies. But I, I attack the stage now when I get up there. I attack it knowing that it's, it's my stage. And they're there to listen to me. Not to say that they're there for me, but they're there to listen to <laughs> someone on stage who knows what they're doing, who looks like they know what they're doing, because that's very important as well. Sure. If you're showing weak body language, then the audience is going to pick that up. Your material is probably not going to come out. So what I've learned over the last few years is telling the joke as I'm telling you the joke, you know, as I'm telling my friend the joke. That's how I got to approach it to the crowd. That one-on-one. I understand kind of thing. exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I always pick somebody on the left, somebody in the middle, and somebody way on the right, and take turns and shooting take turns that back eye, and around. eye contact. But I wanted people in the very back because right. that allowed me to go over the heads of the whole audience. And, and they're not going to know people. anyway. Right. I mean, because you're not—they're not, not going to see your eyes on right. them. Listen, right. I want to before we only have a, a few minutes left. So I want to talk about going global with gas. Um, yes. This is your show that you've been doing now for what eight months? Well, yeah, it kind of has a. It started in 2015, and it ran for about a year, then the hiatus, and we brought it back again since basically the beginning of February. And it's a two-hour show on Saturdays right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. And uh, it's, it's kind of my venting, you know. It's, it's aired out with gas, man, you know. It's just, <laughs> I have two hours, and the first hour – well, the first two hours used to be just music, independent artists. And we play games. We talk drugs. We play porn. <laughs> I, I can explain that later. But, um, <laughs> but we have a lot of fun. It's just the week in review and what, it, and what have you, local music artists, and we play tunes. But now I changed that all just the first hour, and then the second hour I've changed into my other show called Aliens with Gas. It's the extraterrestrial rock show. Nice. And we talk aliens and UFOs and everything unknown, and it's a really fun show. It's with 
comedy, humor, insight. We play songs that have alien themes to them from big famous bands and even local artists, and we'll discuss more when we come back. Absolutely. All right, well, listen, uh, we are going to take a break now. Thanks for listening to Finding Your Frequency. Uh, we'll be back, so follow us on social media, on Twitter at Jeff Spinney 2 at Radio Ryan 1, and check us out on Facebook at Finding Your Frequency Net. We'll be back with Alejandro Rojas in a minute. <laughs> 